Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me today, the friendliest face in the history of door-to-door sales, John Opat. Wow, I liked that one a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Zach, almost every day I get memories on Snapchat of of going like door to door and taking pictures with people and making sales. And whenever it's days where you and I did it together, it's, they're always just so fun. It warms your heart. It warms Dude, my heart. I also it get warms those my memories walking around scamming people with you. <laughs> and you just see us in like the biggest, heaviest AT&T coat. And you just yeah. know it was like freezing <laughs> that day. Oh, that's yeah, fun. Good times. I will, like, be driving around in the most random part of Indianapolis, and I'll just, like, realize, oh, I've been here before. I've knocked on these doors. Oh, yeah. Almost everywhere. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Uh, How you doing, John? I'm doing great. I'm I'm ready for this Christmas weekend. How are you doing? I am also doing good. Going to try and avoid talking about Christmas in this episode, because we're getting into that in its own episode, but... uh, we're going to yeah. pretend like it's not the 23rd. Yeah, I'm going to be a Scrooge for the next hour and a half yep. or so, okay. and then we'll turn it on. Well, outside of doing holiday stuff, <laughs> I'm not doing much this weekend. <laughs> yeah, me either. I, I mean, I'm going to be editing, and then the... Is Shiloh uh, on break? Holidays. Yep, she's on break. Yep, me too. It's nice. Must be nice. Yep. It is. It is. I talked to all my all my friends and they'll like go back to work on the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh or, you know, after New Year's and I'm like, Oh, I forgot that not everybody gets these two weeks off. This is how it should be. Yeah. Everybody should get like this time off. Okay, so this was funny. This week, my coworker who's been at the company a bit longer than I have made some comment like oh, I wonder if our boss's boss is going to let us leave early on Friday because of the holiday. Because apparently they've done that before in previous years. It's been like 3 o'clock, we're supposed to get off at 5, and she'll just say, eh, get out of here, go be, go be with your families. And so we were kind of, I wasn't <laughs> counting on it, but we were kind of waiting to see if we would get that. And at th- like 3.30 on Friday... I got an email from her with the subject line leaving early and I started to get excited. I started grabbing my coat. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. I click on the email and she says, team, I will be leaving at four o'clock today. Have a Merry Christmas. Oh my God. (laughs) That is so funny. April fools. What, what a, (laughs) dude, now there's a Scrooge if I've ever seen one. Oh, yeah, this lady, everyone has problems with her. This was, like, oh, really hilariously in that, that that is That is really funny. I hope that she was, like, trying to, like, be funny. Like, I don't, I don't know how high her capacity for humor is. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is hilarious, though. Yeah, unintentionally, I think. Um, wow. Cool. So, I don't really have anything not Christmas that we can talk about right now. I've got some things for the end of the episode. 
uh, if you're ready, we can just jump into these issues. Okay, let me let me do a quick think here to make sure I don't have anything else I was coming in hot with. Okay. Um. Oh, you know what? Oh, wait. This is kind of Christmas related. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Let's just throw it to the we'll, to the BBB. We'll get there. There's going to be uh, a lot to talk about in the next in the next issue, I guess. Next episode. Yeah, which I think I might post before this one if I can help it, just to give people a little bit of like an extra day or two before Christmas to listen to it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, let's hear from the Better Business Bureau and then get into these issues. Every business says they're better, but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. All right, and we're back. We are back. So uh, we're getting into issue 82 and 83 today, continuing with the Warriors storyline. John, did you think of a title that you like better than Warriors? I know that was really chapping your ass. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was chapping my ass. Um, <laughs> you know, I did think of a better title, but it's only because you gave it to me. Because when I saw what this last episode was titled, I was like, that's what th that's what this run should be called. <laughs> too many heroes that was inspired by your complaint so was this was it? a team effort yeah um but not to give too many spoilers here i i liked all the heroes in this i thought that they all got tied in a, you know pretty well so yeah <clears throat> yep a couple of good issues i think well cool so uh, issue 82, written by Bendis, penciled by Bagley, inked by Hannah, colored by Smith, lettered by Iliopolis. Um, we open on class at Midtown High, where the teacher is taking attendance. And this is kind of a scene that we've, we're just becoming more familiar with every time it happens. Peter's seat is empty, and the teacher calls his name multiple times and asks if anyone has seen Peter Parker. And, of course, he's not there because... He's in Midtown, where we left him last issue, with Hammerhead holding a gun to his temple. And Black Cat is in front of them on a car roof. And Black Cat and Hammerhead kind of in exchange insults for a moment. And then Hammerhead pulls the trigger. And just as he does, Peter webs the barrel of the gun shut and says, You shot a bullet into my web. Or did I shoot a web into your bullet? I always get those two confused. Okay, I, I had to go back and look at these panels multiple times t to see what happens here. Yeah. Because the way he's holding his gun, it's like directly up against Peter's head. So yeah. there's no space to get in, like, for him to really shoot that. And they don't really show him shooting it at the gun. But one thing that they do show that I like is the, the, the panel where he pulls the trigger. You do see the thwop sound before the bam sound. So, you know, they do put in there that he does shoot the web before the, the gun goes off. 
Peter shot first. Peter, yeah, Peter shot first, which was probably the Spidey sense, right? Because it probably yeah. wasn't going off, and then all of a sudden it was like going off, and he's like, "Oh my god, he's actually about to shoot me! Better, better do something." Yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, normally Bendis and Bagley have like a good marriage of like art to to story. And this is just one of the few instances where it doesn't really make sense, but it still comes across as cool. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. There was absolutely no way he was, he would have done that because there was no room for him to web it. There wasn't, he'd be, he'd be brain splatter. Yeah, it is what it is. We can't actually kill Spider-Man in this (laughs) Spider-Man comic. Um, so black cat asks Spidey if he's okay. And he says, I'll deal with you in a minute. And Hammerhead throws a grenade at the two of them, and Black Cat grabs onto Spidey as they swing away from the blast. Looks pretty cool. It does look pretty cool. Very. Old, I, I think I put here, there's a, a nice little superhero shot of Peter and Black Cat swinging away. That will definitely be one of the panels of the week on the Instagram. Nice. Um, and they land on a nearby rooftop, and she says, hi, while leaning over him. And Peter says, I thought you were dead, Felicia. Me and you are going to have a talk. And she tells him that's not all they're going to do. (laughs) And Peter says, first, they need to help all the people Hammerhead put in danger down on the street. And they look over the rooftop to find that Hammerhead is already gone. And a cop is responding to the scene. And a bystander points at them and shouts, there he is. And the cop just starts blasting at Peter and Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) And so they decide they should probably scram. And just then, Captain Jeanne DeWolf arrives at the scene below and tells the other cop to stop shooting. Did you have something, John? Uh, I did. Okay, I'd had a little bit, but I was just going to just save it till later. But where are Shang-Chi and Iron Fist during this whole thing? You know... That's probably my only real issue with this is they just like disappear to not be seen again, really. Yeah. Like they could have charged Hammerhead while he was like throwing the grenade or something. Or they could like still be here after the explosion or like be shown running away together or like just anything that tells us like where these two other people were. Zach is examining the panels to make sure they're not in the background anywhere. I was looking at my notes because I think I saw one of them later, but I'm trying to see if I actually decided that's who it was. Oh, well. Um, So we might see one of them later. I'm not sure. Uh, So uh, Captain DeWolf starts reprimanding the other cop for just shooting at Spider-Man without all the facts. And they're like, well, this guy pointed at him. And she starts (laughs) yelling at the man who pointed and says, who threw the grenade that blew up your street? And the man says, it was a guy with a big head. And she says, was he wearing a Spider-Man mask? And the man tells her, no, Spider-Man was actually fighting him. And she says, so Spider-Man was trying to stop the bad guy and you told my officers to shoot at Spider-Man? Get out of my sight. (laughs) Zach, why don't you like her? This was fun. I liked this. This that was a good moment for her. Um, 
And she does the classic cop thing where she's like, I'm taking over this crime scene. <laughs> and she starts giving out orders. And we see someone in a taxi filming her from far away. And their taxi operator license says Stephen Grant. And uh, Stephen Grant... Yeah, this is... Okay, so this is what I think happens. I think Stephen Grant also films Iron Fist and Ox getting arrested and loaded into the paddy wagon. Do you, do you think that that first person is Iron Fist? Um... So okay, you're talking about the like the panel like right before the Stephen Grant operator license. I'm looking at the panel and I think it's Shang Chi actually. I, I don't think know why is. I wrote. I, I think I think it could be Shang Chi. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote Iron Fist in my notes. But that could also be our racism. You know, it could just not, be any. Not all Asian, Asian people are Shang Chi. <laughs> right, but okay. This is why he needs a superhero <laughs> costume. <laughs> Um, but it's definitely, definitely Ox gets arrested for sure. Yes. Yep. And, uh, so Stephen Grant sees that and then he speeds off in his taxi and we turn the page and see a big panel of black cat and Spider-Man on a rooftop with her pushing him against the wall and kissing him over. This his is nose. one of the panels of the week. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's so great. I mean, it's like. It's supposed to be hot, but it just looks gross kissing him over his mask that he's been sweating <laughs> in and rolling around on the ground in and stuff. Um, and then she pulls it up to his mouth so she can actually kiss him, but he stops her and demands answers. And he's like, how are you still alive? And she says, yeah, okay, can you fill us in on what happened the last time we saw Black Cat? Electra like threw a knife into her stomach and then she fell off a roof. Okay. Why were they fighting? Because Electra works for Kingpin and Black Cat's trying to take down Kingpin because he like ruined her father. Okay. Yeah, that, um, that checks out. Yeah, those two were always fight. It would be so nice if they could just be gal pals, but like every time they see each other, it's on site. Um, and so he asks her how she's still alive and. She says, when was I dead? And he says, you got stabbed in the stomach and fell off a building. And she says, oh, that. There's a nine lives cat joke I could make, but frankly, it's beneath me. I didn't die. I just got hurt. And she says she saw him look over the ledge for her, and she thought that was sweet. And she also says she would have gotten a hold of him sooner, but she had no way to. And she just keeps trying to kiss him. And he gets mad and tells her to stop trying to kiss him as a distraction from actually answering his questions. And she's like, oh, sweetie, why are you so mad at me? And he just yells at her, because I never have any idea what's going on. And she says, you're spazzing out. Wouldn't you rather be making out? Peter's blowing this. He's blowing it. Dude still has no idea how to talk to women. <laughs> um... And he says he's so confused and he asks her if she's still going after the kingpin and Felicia says, absolutely. And she says she's trying to help Hammerhead from the shadows so that he can take down kingpin. But she had to intervene today because she didn't want Hammerhead to kill Spider-Man. And Peter says, but Hammerhead's the bad guy. And Felicia says, yeah, 
they're all bad guys. Besides you, point to a non-bad guy. And it's clear that all that matters to Felicia is taking down Fisk. And she tells Peter once Kingpin is out of the picture, they can take off their outfits and go ice skating together or whatever normal people do. And Peter says, wait, are we dating and no one told me? It's funny that it's like he's just now realizing she's coming on to him. Yeah. Um, and she starts hitting on him again, and suddenly Peter says, Oh my god, what time is it? I gotta go. Zach, I got a quick question. <clears throat> Do Peter's eyes ever, like, change? Do his eye shapes ever change to, like, convey emotions? Yeah, in, sometimes. In this run? Do they? Okay. Because they did, they did in this question, like, are we dating and no one told me? I don't and know I how. Like, usually I don't, I don't notice that they do that. And one of the reasons that I was specifically even thinking about it was because, you know, for this Christmas episode, we watch it, we, we watch an episode of something and they do change to like show his emotion. And I'm like, I don't think that the comic does that. I think most comic runs of Spider-Man do that to some extent. But I think most of the time, it's not meant to be literal. It's, like, for the sake of the reader. Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not to believe. Oh, yeah, definitely. In the MCU, it does that. Like, his eye panels actually do close and expand for no reason. But I think here, it's just... Well, no, um, they can just read what his actual face is doing. That's just Stark Tech, baby. Right. This is not Stark Tech. This is something he pieced together. Yeah. Um... So he's like, oh my god, I gotta go, and swings away, and she says to herself, damn, he's married. John, are you starting to like Black Cat more now? Do you stand yes. her yet? Did I, not like, did I not like Black Cat before? You, you said you didn't. I'm standing Black Cat now. I think her yeah. and Peter should date. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, you know what I realized as I was reading this? First of all, it's just funny, in general, whenever a really hot girl kind of acts <laughs> like she has to riz a guy up, because they don't, you know? it's If a hot girl ever does that, she's, like, putting on a show, you know? But that's what she's trying to do here. But then it's doubly funny, because she's a black cat with white hair, and she's coming across like Pepe Le Pew. Oh, that is funny. I wonder if that there's no way that 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 was thought about. I mean, it could have been there. I mean, it's so cartoonishly like it's it's Pepe Le Pew. It's Johnny yeah, Bravo, she's like pushing him up against the wall and and everything. And but it's coming from a hot chick. Like that is just hilarious. I love this. <clears throat> that is funny. Uh, that night we see Stephen Grant pull his taxi into a garage and go up an elevator to an apartment and a woman points a gun at him as soon as he opens the door and he says, put it away, Marlene. And she says, come on, Mark, you're supposed to call before you come up. And she asks him how it went with Hammerhead and he tells her nothing happened. He just observed the fight that broke out. And she asks him if he saw Spider-Man again and he says he's going to go shower and just walks away. And Marlene says, just for the record, are you Stephen Grant now? Or Mark Spector? Or Moon Knight? 
A guy should probably tell his girlfriend which personality she's talking to. And so this kind of answers a question we had in the last issue, which was like, does he, is he changing? Per- well, I guess he still might know when he changes personalities. He's I guess least- he does. He's a, he's aware that he has multiple per- personalities. Yes. And so is she. He's like, he's verbalized that before. Yeah. Um, and I think in your issue, we're going to get a little more of that. Yep. So uh, we cut to Peter swinging back into his house in the Queens. The Queens? It, it's just Queens, right? It's just I'm Queens. Qu- it's the Bronx. Yeah, I'm I'm clearly not a New Yorker. <laughs> uh, you you and, could have fooled me with that <laughs> accent. Um, he's thinking to himself about the black cat and how hot she was and how he can't believe he ran away from her. Me He's, neither, Peter. You blew he, it. <laughs> he clearly has like a different opinion of her now that he's away. Like he, he I think he was intimidated at first and now Definitely. he's like wait a minute. No. Actually on second thought, I was into it. <laughs> um and he tells himself he should be able to date her now that he's broken up with Mary Jane. And while he's thinking about this, Aunt May pulls up and comes into the house. And she starts talking to Peter about what they should do for dinner before saying, Oh, you stink. You smell like perfume and dirt. Did you notice, you know, Peter's kind of like a rude grandson here. Because Aunt May is like, well, yeah, whatever. Aunt May is like, we'll order something. And he goes... That takes an hour. I'm hungry now. And she interrupts him and says, oh, you stink. And that's when she says, you stink, you know, and and, and she tells him to go find the menus. But he was going to be like, I don't want to order and make me something now, Aunt May. <laughs> Dude, she just walked in the door. I demand my chicken tendies. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't noticed that, but that is kind of funny. Um and so she walks away to use the restroom and tells Peter to find something for dinner, to, to go find the menus. And once Peter's in the kitchen, he sees a new message on the kitchen phone's answering machine. And now I think we have to pause and explain to the younger listeners that instead of, like, everyone having cell phones back in the 2000s, you would have a landline. And it would, like, blink when you had messages, right? Surely everyone knows that. Well, you know, I mean, our... I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I mean, how? That's just com- common sense, right? John, the internet is forever. If humanity is still alive by 2050, surely there's someone in 2050 listening to us now who has no idea what <laughs> we're talking true. about. That's, that's um, true. So, uh, he sees the the blinking message, and he checks out what it is, and it's the principal of Midtown High calling to tell May that Peter left in the middle of class again. And so he does what any of us would do, and he quickly deletes the message before May can hear it and just continues with what he was doing. And back at Fisk Tower, Kingpin and an associate of his are watching a news report about the fight in Chinatown. And the reporter is pretty savvy. She understands kind of the context behind the fight and she ties it back to the fact that the kingpin is laying low that's 
Wait, I don't think that that's the reporter. That's like a woman on the street. Well, in any case, the news report mentions that it's because Kingpin's laying low, there's a power vacuum for other criminals to fill. And uh, she mentions Walter Deeney, who's the associate of Kingpin, who is under indictment. And the man watching the TV with Kingpin says, I'm so sorry, Wilson. After all we've been through, I never wanted to embarrass you. And Kingpin says, I know, Walter. And just then, Electra stabs Walter through the heart from behind. And Kingpin tells her to dispose of the body. And he says, when you're done, report back to me. The gloves are off. Hammerhead, Moon Knight, Spider-Man, it's time to clean this up. Hope you're ready for the task. And Electra says, I am. And the issue ends. Ooh. Love it. Love it. You didn't do any Kingpin voices, but it's oh. okay. Uh hold on. Let me let me get one in. Yeah, do do the do the When do you're the done, one... report Ooh, okay. back to me. The gloves are off. Hammerhead, Moon Knight, Spider Man. It's time to clean this up. Hope you're ready for the task. <laughs> um so what what did you think of the whole issue um i loved it this was maybe the funnest one i think we've done in a while uh i give it nine out of ten pickup lines from a hot girl okay um yeah i i thought i definitely thought this was the best one out of the arc so far it's it's a pretty good one they've got some interesting stuff going on with peter about like um good guys and bad guys and you know what he should be doing and like what black cat's doing and you know they're obviously going somewhere with all of that and then i thought it was pretty important that that the woman on the street interview because maybe fisk isn't as bad as we're all being led to believe because he is obviously like at least i I mean I, i don't know it's you know We've heard that this might happen with Fisk since, like, his first run. If you, like, take him out, like, worse things will happen because then there will be a big power vacuum. So That's true. And it seems like the the people of New York, or at least this one person, they do think that, like, in practice, he's the lesser evil. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Black Cat looked like a very sexy lady, Zach. So he was looking good. Yep. So, so... I gave this one an eight and a half out of 10 and I gave it out of 10. You know, sometimes my buddies and I will joke around about like things that happened, like, like signals with girls from the past that we've missed. And we'll be like, dude, I can't believe like I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and so I put this one out of 10 missed opportunities with girls like how Peter, <laughs> like how Peter was upset with himself when he came back home, um, and that. I gave it eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, she's just so funny. Like she just injects so much fun into the the issue. You know, like and that's sexy not lady. because her entire shirt is open the entire time. No, that's what I'm getting at. Sexy ladies 
in comics are a dime a dozen. Like it is so easy to just draw a pretty face and boobs. She's <laughs> like, that's not the point of her character that it looks on the surface like it would be, but then she that opens kind of, her mouth. Zach, that kind of seemed like the point of her character. All she was trying to do the whole issue was make out with Peter. <laughs> yes. But to the reader, everything she says is just hilarious. Yeah. She's just fine. <laughs> it does. It that does make me think of of when like a really pretty girl is like talking, and there's like a group of like five guys around her, and they're all like, "You are so funny!" Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Zach is smitten. Everybody. Uh it's true. I I simp for <laughs> fictional characters. Yep. Um. Okay. Eight and a half and nine. Those are pretty good scores. Yep. Are we are we ready to move on? Let's get into it. Hope the next one's as good as this was. I don't I don't actually remember what I rated it, and I'm not gonna scroll down to see. Let's just go through it together. It'll be a surprise for us both. Yep. So we open outside the Tokyo Club, which which looks like it's the hottest club in the city. And I think we're still in New York and not Tokyo. I would imagine so. I would imagine so, too. So, two men are about to walk in, and they're going to go meet Hammerhead. And one of them is like, do we really have to call him Hammerhead? I hate... I'm not giving in to all this nickname crap. And I agree with him, Zach. Hammerhead is a stupid name to be calling someone when they're, like, out and about in their real person outfit, you know? Kingpin is at least like a title. He's the kingpin. He's at like the top, you know? So I think if Hammerhead really wanted to make a power play, he should start going by kingpin, which these guys even say in the opening scene, they're like, he's the new kingpin. So that's what he should go by. I like the idea. I'm not getting into this nickname crap either. I like the idea of calling him hammerhead almost like as a grade school insult like his head is flat he's hammerhead yeah but these guys are also funny there's a lot of funny (laughs) characters in these issues because i were you gonna say more about these guys um no one of them is like okay when he gets here i'll do the talking and the other one's like should i call him hammerhead and he's like you're not going to call him anything because like we just established, I'm doing the talking. It's a very always sunny in Philadelphia conversation. Yeah, yeah it is. That is, that's like perfect. Like Dennis and Charlie. Yes. Right there. Um, so they walk up to the door and, 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 you know, they knock on the door and the guy from the other side, side like slides that little like eye hole thing over that they have in movies at clubs. And he's like, who's there? And they're about to introduce themselves, and then, like, bam, somebody kicks through the door, and it's a big red boot, and man, I thought Daredevil was coming in. I was about to be so psyched. Because that's all we need is one more hero in this arc, right? You know what? When when I saw that boot, I was like, oh my god, it's Daredevil. That was my first thought. I was like, do we need another hero? And then I was like, yeah, it's Daredevil. (laughs) Bring him in. I can't lie. I do want more Daredevil. I honestly thought... Especially in a Kingpin storyline. Like, I, I, I was really thinking he was coming. Yeah, that would have been sick. Uh, full disclosure, 
for the holiday episode that we're about to record, I was this close to having us, like, I was going to say, I know we're a Spider-Man podcast, but there's this Daredevil comic that I had when I was a kid that said around Christmas time, let's just read that because Daredevil oh, rocks. We should have we just done that. Now the yeah. people are going to be upset when they hear this. Yeah, I haven't read it in 20 years. I don't know if it's actually good, but it was like my favorite. Yeah. Single what happens issue. In it? Okay. Give us a quick, give us a two minute rundown Dude, of it. It, it truly has been so long. I probably still have it over here and it's in terrible condition. All I remember is there's some kids that are like stealing from the Salvation Army ban and talking about like, we should use this money to buy drugs. Hell and yeah. <laughs> I don't actually remember what King, what, daredevil does in that issue but i just remember loving it as a kid oh my gosh that's awesome i bet that's i got the most wholesome message in the world at the end of it Uh, i mean yeah let me let me tell you i know i think at one point he's like in a mask shop and there's like green goblin mask and spider-man mask and like all these characters that we recognize yeah we'll have to read that one next next christmas maybe yeah Listeners, if you know what issue I'm talking about, write in. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't even have known, unless I found my my copy, I wouldn't have known what to tell John to read. Okay, so this big red boot comes crashing through the door. Anyway, it's Electra. She kicks through the door. She's standing there like a total badass in the door frame. And she says... In a Middle Eastern Russian voice, Mr. Fisk has a message for those of you who would break your word to him. And they say, what's the message? And she says, it's your dead body. And then, assumingly, she kills them all. Do you notice she's also in a new costume? Um, no, I didn't notice that. She's in a red costume. That's all I noticed. Yeah, she, and it's she quite had been revealing. in a revealing. Yeah, uh, she's dealing with a massive wedgie in the front. <laughs> um, but her last one had been black, and this is more like her her traditional comic outfit. Huh. If if you were doing this issue, I would I would go back and look at that really quickly. But I am, so I'm not going to do that. Okay. That's fine. We'll see it again. So then we cut to a playground and it's two people just talking with a creepy redhead girl swinging it right in between them. And we find out that one of them is Mark Spector and another is Stephen Grant, who are two of Moon Knight's personalities. So this is obviously like in his head or something. And they have the same face, but they're, they just wear their hair differently. And like different clothes. One of them yeah. looks like a savvy businessman, like a Norman Osborne type. And another looks like a cab driver. Yes. And who's Very... the creepy redhead, Zach? That's another one of his personalities, it would seem. A little girl? A little girl. Oh, I figured this was maybe like his sister or something that passed away when he was young. Or... I don't know. John, are you not in touch with your feminine side? No, I am. I, Zach, we all have a little girl inside of us all. Yeah. <laughs> but but not a creepy redhead one. <laughs> well, he's a disturbed man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, 
So does does Moon Knight really have like a, a a personality that's just like a little like how does he get her how does he get away with doing that in public? I don't think he actually thinks he's a little girl. I think she's a visual personifier for us. Like this is not literally what's happening in his head. It's just how they're showing his thought process in the comic. Okay, but what I'm saying is if if Mark Spector wants to run a business he can do that. He can be like, I'm Mark Spector. I'm a businessman. If Stephen Grant wants to be a cab driver, he can do that because he looks like a cab driver. But if Wendy says, I'm Wendy and I'm a little girl in grade school, they're not going to let him in. <laughs> like, Do you understand what I'm saying? How can he get away with being that personality? I think in this, because this is hard because it's like the ultimate universe they can remake the character however they want. They might just say he knows the difference between his personalities. They're like influences on him because it okay. seemed like when he was talking to Marlene, it seemed like he kind of knew, you know, he's yeah. one person, but he has different personalities. He yeah. was like in touch with that. Okay. Okay. We won't, we won't uh, linger on it for for longer something i just realized do you know who um mark specter kind of looks like you said he looks like a like a well put together businessman he's evoking a very particular character to me okay let me let me look at this for a second is he evoking no i don't know tell me that's not patrick bateman from american psycho <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does look like with the with the long jacket and the scarf. Yeah, he does. And even how the hair is like slicked yep. back or whatever. Yep. He's a psycho. Yep. He's a um okay, so the two personalities are talking and Stephen Grant says Kingpin and the organized crime in the city are the real problems, not Spider Man. Because Spectre is kind of, Mark Spectre is like, oh, Spider-Man keeps getting in the middle of stuff or yada yada. And so Spectre says that with Kingpin laying low, Hammerhead is about to take over the city and they need to stop him. And that's that's something that the two can agree on. And they decide that first they're going to go after Hammerhead before he can build a, a strong base. And then once they take care of him, they're going to continue going after Kingpin. And Stephen Grant says, why do we have to call him Hammerhead? I hate giving into that nickname crap. Tremendous callback to, to an earlier conversation. Everyone's thinking it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. You know that would make Hammerhead mad if he knew everyone was like kind of making fun of him behind <laughs> his back. Stupid fifth grade name. <laughs> I, I can't think if we know his like actual like civilian name. What if he was just like... Hey, I'm Hammerhead. And they're like, man, that's Keith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the redhead who's swinging interrupts them both and says, shut up now. He's here. And he says, it's time to go to work. And the three of them all turn and they look at Moon Knight. And they they all say, it's time. First, the little girl says, it's time. And then Mark Spector says, it's time. And then Stephen Grant says, it's time. 
And then someone off panel says, I'm sorry. And we realize that Mark Spector was in a board meeting with his company this whole time. And the people he's with, they were like, hey, uh, that what was that you whispered? You said like it's time or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, don't don't even worry about that. Let's just break for lunch. I've got another meeting anyways. And and everyone's like, oh, OK. And he and he walks out and then he walks into another room and he pushes a little button on the wall and his suit. A, a secret a secret closet appears and it's his moon night suit all strewn up and he says it's time and uh a lot of it's times here zach hey mark specter what's your favorite imagine dragon song <laughs> it's time it's time nice um so captain gian de wolf is interrogating ox and she wants to know where hammerhead is and he tells her that if he squeals, everyone's going to know it was him and they'll kill him. And she's like, that's fine, because you're going back to Rikers Island. I wonder how long you'll last in there now that uh, everyone knows you betrayed Kingpin for Hammerhead. She's got him, Zach. She's, she's got him by the short hairs. And he knows it. Yep. I, I can't believe you don't like her. I just assume something must happen later in the run that makes you not like her. Because she's just a treat. Are you not are you not responding to me? <laughs> no, you know, you're right. I gotta take the L on this. She's a girl boss. She she is. She's a total girl boss. And <laughs> I still think something must happen with her later on. Um, so Ox, yeah, Ox, Ox knows he's got a, he's got a squeal. And so now we're back at, we're at school the next day and Peter is eating lunch by himself, daydreaming about Black Cat and some of the stuff she said, like we can go ice skating and, uh, not even just, we can go ice skating. She starts the sentence with this outfit comes off and me and you, <laughs> And then the, it follows up with we can go ice skating, but to a 16-year-old brain, that's true. Know, this outfit comes off at me and you, and he's like on the edge of his seat. Yep, that's true. And uh, so Peter's in his own head, and then all of a sudden, MJ walks over to him, and she's like, we aren't even friends anymore. You'd rather sit there and eat alone and talk to no one then then come and sit next to me and talk to me and he says he doesn't know what what to say and she asks if he's done being broken up with her and i think that forces us to ask is he done mary janeing no more <laughs> <laughs> i think it's funny that uh he was getting mad hypothetically that she would be dating someone else by the end of the week. And then she actually did uh, kiss that one guy. And you were like, Oh, she, she did it. She moved on pretty fast, but he's doing the exact same thing with black cat. Has this only been like one day still did all this stuff happen like right after each other? Or was there a new issue that was like a, week later or something i think it's all probably within the same okay. week or so we know for a fact the parker house isn't completely unpacked i saw like boxes in the kitchen so i think this all happened within a week well zach life goes on okay you gotta move on 
Peter, yeah. you just got to move on. So, you know. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. I just like Black Cat more than Mary Jane right now because she's the last person that we saw. We just Jeez. need a good Mary Jane conversation and then we'll be like, Peter, how dare you? <laughs> I don't think it's a secret to anyone that Mary Jane will always be around. Uh black cat is the fun that we're having right now yeah so peter so she asks him if he's if he's done mary janeing no more and peter tells her that he knows she understands why they need to break up because you know she understands what she's saying and mary jane's like uh you called me stupid and he's like okay i'm sorry i called you stupid you're obviously not stupid but you are careless and you keep getting yourself almost killed. And he's like, you know, that danger is never going to go away. And MJ can't believe what's happening. She loves Peter so much. And he's putting a wall up and, and Peter asks how many times she almost died. And he reminds her of Gwen and how that easily could have been MJ. And he says, he'd rather be eating alone with her alive than, you know, eating with her good line if if that doesn't make her think i don't know what will he'd rather be eating alone with her alive than her be dead right you said then eating oh with yeah her. yeah yeah then 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 eating with her as a dead person yeah 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 it's still a good line it's just a little no it's I mean, a little yeah, confusing they, they, they said it she's, she's yeah well it's a good point i meant peter got yes. a point across well well so, that's the thing is there's actually like some good logic to the idea that he constantly puts her in danger, whether he means to or not, whether she means to or not. It just keeps happening, and she can't defend herself like Black Cat could. So, yeah, he, he almost does need a super-powered girlfriend just so he doesn't have to worry about this. Yeah. But it'd be great if he could find one that's his own age. That's true. I yeah, it's because Felicia Hardy Felicia Hardy is is older. She's an adult, but she doesn't know that he's a kid. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> she doesn't think she's doing anything what, wrong. I wonder what would happen if his mask ever came off. I actually want to see that conversation. There there's potential for some good comedy. There's some good hijinks there. Yeah. Um well well Zach, yeah, you said it and, and I wrote it here. I said, gosh, I don't know who's right between these two crazy kids. Both of them are making good points. Because Mary Jane's like, yeah, the world's dangerous, but we love each other, so we should be together. Uh, and, but you know, Peter's got some good points too. It's tough. Yeah. So I would maybe believe her a little bit more if they were like old like if they were adults. And you could say that she has full agency to, like, risk her life. You know, I mean, she's like a love-struck child right now. And she yeah. can say, yeah, I would die for you. But that's not really an informed decision. You know, if they were, like, in their 20s and she was like, I've dated enough guys. I've been in enough relationships. I have, you know, the experience and i'm full my brain's fully developed i know what i'm saying when i say i would die for you or i would put myself in danger to be with you i think i would feel better about that but like here it just feels like she really she says she gets it but i don't think she really gets that she's in danger yeah 
So MJ tells Peter not to shut her out, and she chastises him for spending more and more time as Spider-Man and, and like, almost no time as Peter Parker. And that made me forget that, yeah, he's he's Peter Parkering no more also right now, isn't he? That's why he's skipping all of his classes all the time. He's definitely Midtown High student-ing no more. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, when he does Peter Parker stuff, it's at the Daily Bugle. yeah. So so she tells him to to stop being Spider-Man as much and he immediately storms out and the next and the next page is like a full page of him in his Spider-Man gear swinging around. And um we see Liz standing behind MJ and she says I told you not to do it. Poor MJ. Poor MJ. She really does deserve to like have fun and have her own thing going on like she yeah, I think to... everyone deserves to have fun, Zach. I don't think that that's... <laughs> well, it's like, it's sad that she doesn't realize, she's telling Peter, hey, you know, being Spider-Man is, like, costing you your life as, like, a high school student and a kid. But then her trying to be Spider-Man's girlfriend is costing her the same thing. Like, she should just let him go for a little bit and go off and, like, have Dave fun Flash. like she did not. Or Mark Raxton. Or Kong. Yeah. Or surely there's any other guys <laughs> at this school. Like, are I know there? those, are the op- those are the options we know. Is Mark he- Raxton the punk guy from the yeah. last episode? Oh, yeah, he's a senior. I mean, that'd be a good catch. You know who she should really date if she still wants to be with a superhero? I Wolverine! Think- no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I think her and Johnny Storm had some chemistry. Johnny Storm likes Liz. He likes Liz because she told him that she has a boyfriend and that Liz was available. They were flirting before she introduced him to Liz. That's true. I don't know. I just want better for Mary Jane. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So meanwhile, we finally see Shang-Chi and Iron Fist again. And they are they are just tearing through goons looking for Hammerhead, and they get one of the goons to squeal about where they can find Hammerhead, and it's some address. And then we cut to Peter, who's holding a piece of paper with the same address on it. And for a second, I was like, "How Peter get that?" But then it, it's because Kingpin gave him the address. It's written on the back of a picture of Hammerhead that yep. Kingpin gave him. And Zach, I think we're headed for a big superhero showdown here. They all seem to be going to the same they, place. They, yep, this is a perfect third act setup. So Peter is on the lookout at this address, and he feels kind of icky that he's doing this for Kingpin. And then just then we see a pair of black gloves cover his eyes from behind, and it's Black Cat. They're on the rooftop again. And Peter says she scared the heck out of him. And he, and she's like, I thought she had a spider sense for that kind of stuff. And Peter says, who told you I have a spider sense? And she says, the internet. It's what it said. <laughs> and Black Cat asks Peter to, to please stay out of this one. Hammerhead's going to help take down Kingpin. And then Peter can go after him. But she needs Kingpin out of the way. And it, it seems like they're maybe about to start brawling a little bit and uh but then they hear gunshots in the building and they both jump in through the windows 
And just like what we mentioned before, there's a great big superhero showdown in the building. They're like, before they jump in, they're like flirt fighting. Like you said, they they might start brawling. There's like equal chance that they start brawling and they start like ripping each other's clothes off because she's like biting his mask yeah, again she is. <laughs> and yeah. trying to pull it off from the chin. Yeah, that's true. It, it very looks true. hot, but I keep thinking about how dirty that thing must be. <laughs> um, so they jump in, and there's everybody in this building. There's Hammerhead, there's Elektra, there's Shang-Chi, there's Iron Fist, Spider-Man, Black Cat, Moon Knight's there, and of course, Fancy Dan and Montana. And then there's some other guy with a samurai sword. Zach, do oh, you know yeah, who that there guy is. is. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. I have no idea who this guy with a sword is. Yep. I didn't even notice that. And Hammerhead says, Oh, come on, you guys never did this to Kingpin. And the issue ends. And uh pretty funny, pretty good stuff. Well, hold on, there's one last panel that I think hits on something you mentioned earlier. Peter says, uh, who's the good guys and who's the bad guys here? And Black Cat says, I'm not quite sure. And he's like, look who I'm asking. Yeah. So, the, again, this whole arc is kind of playing with the theme of, like, morally gray. And, like, yeah. all these people have their own goals and targets. And uh, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are, like, kind of in between. And... You know, they're all kind of pitted against each other yeah. for their own reasons. Yeah. Um, I said this was another pretty good one. The arc is coming together. It, it no longer seems like there's too many heroes. But also, this could probably be done without Shang-Chi, Iron Fist, and Moon Knight. I mean, we don't really know why they're in here. Like... They're probably just trying to take down organized crime also, but they don't, like, have a storyline they're going after. And Moon Knight is really just like, what the hell is Moon Knight doing in here? Like, so, so I don't know. It's, it, it's not, like, overstuffed, but they could maybe be given a little more to do. A little more page length. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's the hard thing, because this is already a long story arc, and so your choice is either take them out completely or make it longer to develop their motivations, which I think they kind of hinted at was just uh, Iron Fist and Shang-Chi are, like, protecting Chinatown, and Hammerhead was encroaching on Chinatown. Yeah. I think it's funny that Iron Fist is white. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion about that and characters like him and um doctor strange there's there's this trope of like the white man who goes to the east quote unquote to you know become enlightened or learn kung fu or well, mysticism and becomes doc better at it than all the all the like okay. locals well i guess doctor strange like I don't consider magic like an Asian thing, you know, like it's that's 
and and he doesn't really dress in like stereotypical Asian garb, but like but Iron to, like, Fist Tibet. is like dressed in like you know. I, I just I don't know. It feels goofy to me a little bit, but but yeah, I see, I see what you mean with Doctor Strange. Also, like I understand I understand what you're saying, and it's not just them. There's like other instances um comic scholars have like written about it it's a whole thing that's been talked about okay but yeah it's i think that's one of the worst things about iron fist it's also iron fist like you know just because you brought up dr strange dr strange protects everything iron fist is like protecting chinatown with john chi you know (laughs) it's super heavy-handed and like kind of sucks yeah um but 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 still pretty good. I gave it. Do you have a rating scale for us? Um, I don't. Do you? No, I didn't. I had one on the last one, and I was like, oh. Oh, I hope Zach has one for this one. Uh, oh, I, oh no, I had that was for out the, of this is the Christmas episode. I have one <laughs> out of uh, ten heroes and villains about to okay. tussle. Um, I I gave this another eight and a half. So same okay. as the last one. I'll I'll give it an eight and a half. I I liked the other one a little bit better. I just thought it was more fun. But this one definitely had moments, and uh, yeah, it's just this the, is a good the, the Moon Knight conversation. I really liked that was interesting. Yeah, and I knew that that would answer the questions that you had in the last episode, where you were like, "What's this guy's deal?" And it's like they're slowly kind of revealing how his psyche works here. Yeah, yeah. The the this. The scene of Shang-Chi and Iron Fist just, like, tearing through goons looking for the boss is is always a good little scene, you know? Yep. I love seeing just the normal people get beat up, but not killed. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, let's see. There's some other stuff. Peter and MJ had some good conversations. Yeah, it was a good one. Yep. I'm glad we got to see them interact again for the first time since the breakup. Yeah. Like, they don't have to be together, but I still want them in each other's lives. Yeah. You got anything else? I don't. So next week, we're going to continue on with this story arc. Next two issues, um, 84 and 85. Does that finish it up? I don't even think it does. I think it goes on for another two after that. Oh my gosh. It's a long one. I guess there are a lot of heroes. Yep. Too many you might even say one would say um okay so what do you what do you have for, you have anything else that's interesting for us zach i do i had a couple things so do you remember how uh a long time ago i talked about corndog on a stick and how that appears in this series and then bendis brought it back like 10 years later y- yep and i do there, remember that there's just certain things that it's like why does he like that? Why does he keep using okay. it? I don't know. It's just kind of his thing. I found another one of those. I was reading. I had kind of stopped for a while, but I picked that run back up where I had left off. And I was reading some Bendis Uncanny X-Men. And uh, he brought back Geldof in the main Marvel Universe. He just completely- Oh, I remember Geldof. He's throwing the cars and exploding them. Yes, and again, he doesn't have the same power set, but he's just in there for, like, one issue. He doesn't like mutants. He's, like, East Asian, or not East Asian, uh, Eastern European. He's got, like, a 
like a Slavic or Russian accent or something. Um, and he's just kind of a little, kind of an airhead. And he's like the exact same character. And they just introduce him. He has a few lines. He's scared of mutants. He's got powers. And that's it. Nice. And I was like, what is it? And I, I looked it up because I had to at that point. No one else has ever used Geldof in anything except Bendis those two times. And I just wanted to ask him, I'm like, what is the fascination with this character that you made? <laughs> That's funny. He's a good character. We yeah. liked our time with Geldof. Yeah, I'd, I think it would be the funniest thing if Bendis came back to Marvel and used him a third time. Yeah. Let's get a Geldof five-issue miniseries. Gosh, you know, I, I was watching something yesterday that it's I don't I think I've probably brought this up before, but it's amazing how much inspiration like the current MCU took from like things Brian Michael Bendis has written. It seems like it's a lot, you know, and, and he helped a lot with it. Like I w this <laughs> if I were Brian Michael Bendis, I'd feel so proud of like my contributions to the MCU. I'm sure he's not like as rich and as famous as he should be, you know, for, for his contributions, but I'd still be like, yeah, that was, uh, you know, I had a lot to do with, especially like the first, you know, 10 years or so when it was awesome. So yeah, for sure. For like the, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years right before the MCU started. And when it was like taking off, he was, easily the biggest writer at marvel he yeah. was definitely had his hands in a lot of different books and a lot of major stories and yeah. all that stuff's getting adapted now you know something else sometimes when i watch videos i hear people talk about mark miller and i'm like oh wait did are zach and i saying it wrong or are they saying it wrong because we always say mark millar right that's how it's written honestly i don't care i don't care <laughs> if i'm saying it right or wrong uh, there are just certain people in the industry that I just don't respect a ton, and uh, he's found his way onto that list. Well, he this this was also saying that his Ultimates run there was a lot of inspiration, you know, drawn from it, which so we did were, mention. Yeah, we gave credit where credits due. Yeah, F him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this kind of leads into another thing that I had, which is people in the comics industry that I don't have a ton of respect for, which truly is not many. Like if I am ambivalent about you, or if you just made a comic like one time that I didn't care for, I'm not going to have any kind of animosity your way. Like you kind of have to be a dick. Okay. <laughs> like a repeat offender multiple times for me to have a negative opinion of someone. But, um, Rob oh Liefeld. my gosh! I'm wow. That's funny. I knew you were gonna say that. That's, I knew you were gonna say that person. By the way, Zach, I just remembered who is on the biggest piece of work thing. Remember, we couldn't remember who else was on it. Yeah, who's it our Osborne, Gillette, Doc Ock, and we were like Justin Hammer, but didn't we kick Justin Hammer off? I just remembered who's on it. Who? It's Hank Pym, isn't it? Oh my God! You're right. That's so obvious. Yeah. Let me go ahead and. Uh... Yeah. Screw him. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Rob Liefeld. Uh, Learn how to draw feet, buddy. Or anything. Or Captain feet. America's chest. 
yeah, he he just can't draw anything. Um, <laughs> but that's not why I hate him. Like, if he was truly just a really, really bad artist that then inspired, a, like, a bunch of other really bad artists impersonating that style, I'd be annoyed, but I wouldn't hate him. He just always is a, a dick to people and just has, like, the worst opinions and everything. And the other day, <laughs> he was he was just talking a lot of on twitter he was fighting everyone he was saying stuff about like the krakoan era of x-men sucking and like if you like it you're wrong and he was getting really aggressive with people who were responding to him and one guy was even like no i'm not attacking you i'm a fan of yours here's a picture of us meeting at a convention i'm just genuinely asking you a question he was just being such a loser and i my first instinct was to argue with him. And then I was like, it's Christmas time. Am I really about to waste my time and energy arguing with Rob Liefeld when he's just choosing to like ruin people's days? He's clearly on a tear. And so instead, I made the decision. I was already thinking about deleting the Twitter app from my phone as a New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm just going to do it a few days early. It's gone. Thank nice. you, truly thank you to Elon Musk for ruining that app to the Dude, point where I would think about deleting it, it. It's like terrible, yeah. And thank you to oh. Rob Liefeld for being the straw that broke the camel's back, because now I'm free. <laughs> I am free, baby. That's funny. I um, I only like had it so I could like look up my fantasy football players, and, and I'm out of the league now. And I was just like scrolling it, and I was like, this is the worst... I hate every everything I look at on this. I like don't like. So why am I, and I just deleted it again. I was like, and my fantasy season's over. So why do I still have this stupid thing? What and, kept uh, me holding on for the longest time was that has been my main social media for over ten years, and it's almost I almost thought of it as like the closest thing to a journal or a diary that I've ever kept because I can go back and like time hop. You know, what was I doing yeah. or thinking or feeling seven years ago? Yeah. And it's just kind of interesting. Um, but I was like, sometimes I would it. get like memories that were like 10 years ago. And it was clearly like me sitting in my cubicle at work because I'm like, I hate my job. <laughs> we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to work for any, you know, some, some stupid socialist or whatever, blah, blah, blah about work and, and anything. And I'm like, some things never change, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, I haven't got to, I think I'm having Twitter withdrawals, even though I hated it for the last year of having it. Uh, I, I keep instinctively wanting to like go to it when I'm just like wasting time on my phone. And yeah. every time it's not there, it's like a conscious reminder of go do something productive with your time instead of this. <laughs> um, so I, it hasn't, it doesn't feel good yet, but I know it's going to come where it's like, I'm just going to feel better yeah. for not giving my time and energy to it. Think, think of all the extra time you'll have. You could learn how to play the violin or uh impressionist paintings you know you could get really into that or something do you ever think about like the the things that you've never tried in your life that maybe theoretically you could be like the best in the world at uh sometimes but i couldn't give you 
an example right now of something like that I've, I've never, never tried, but I'd be good at. I've never been to a rodeo, but maybe in a different life, I could have been like the best bull rider ever. No, you know, you want it, you want to have been okay. You want to have been? It was just an example, that John. That doesn't that doesn't go with your personality. Like you could be a really good football coach. You know, I would believe that if you told me that that's what you did in another life. Now I'm gonna like make you feel bad. If you just put in a little more work, Zach, you could have been there, man. but not a player. We all know better than that. No, no. Actually, you know, <laughs> you know, that does remind me that um we we had a another basketball game, I think, and um and maybe yeah, we had another one since since we last hopped on, I believe, maybe, and we won and um. All the uh, Zach got his minutes, you know. All of our Zachs got their minutes at the end of the game again, and I just and I just remembered that I wanted to tell you that on the pod. <laughs> That's so great. Whatever the worst kid on the team is, like in spirit, I'm rooting for them because yep. I can relate to that. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's no worst kids, Zach. Sure. There's just the less good ones. There's. Well said. <laughs> yeah, I was the least good one. um let's see what what could what could i be really good at if i just gave i don't know maybe i'd I'd probably make a good clock maker you know i I can be very (laughs) i can be very meticulous that's that sounds like such a peaceful life (laughs) that's because i just scanned the room and i saw a clock (laughs) i was like yeah i could do that you could run a lighthouse yeah i could do that (laughs) <laughs> I just, just watched the ships come in. That's like the most serene old man hobby I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> um I've got something really good for you that okay. ties into uh your introduction for the next episode. So I don't Are you know if save you... it for the next episode. Yeah, or... I don't know if you want to end it here and then in like five minutes I'll tell you what it is. Yep. Okay, let's do it. But you're going to release the Christmas one first, you said. So so this will all kind of come out backwards for the listeners. Yeah, it'll be like uh it'll be like a reverse reveal like in the movie where it starts and they're like, "Yep, that's me." You're probably wondering what yeah. led to this conversation with John. <laughs> um okay, it'll be we fine. can we can <laughs> Yep, we can we can go ahead and end it here before before we do, we actually we got a, we got a couple of really nice comments. One of them was from a nice employee at Papa John's because we talked about the shakaroni pizza last issue. And um, he said that those are a pain in the ass to make. <laughs> so, so I told him that, that we would tip well next time we got a shakaroni and he seemed to appreciate that. Yeah. I'm not going to not get it because you said that, but I'm going to feel for you the next time I it's get it. It's such a good deal. And, um, and then we, and, that was that was from a Nathan Grolu. And then we also got a, a nice comment from a Matthew Stiles who said, Hey, Zach and John, just wanted to send some love your, your guys' way. Found your show a few weeks ago during a particularly rough week at work, and you guys got me through it. I'd love to see more Spider-adjacent bonus episodes. I think you guys mentioned doing a Spidey movie tier list in a previous episode. That'd be cool to see. Not sure how big of gamers you are, but an episode about the Ultimate Spider-Man game would be cool, too. Maybe closer to the arc that adapted it. 
Regardless, just wanted to show my support. As big of a Spidey fan I am, even your sports talks, random topics are still fun to listen to. Thanks for what you guys do. Glad to be a part of the webheads. Thanks for the nice comment, Matthew. Wow, thank you. That was so sweet. I, I actually know. had thought about us playing the Ultimate Spider-Man game like when we first started the pod. But then I think I forgot about it and also couldn't find it and was like, how are we going to do? Because I don't think I have a game system. to play. I mean, so it would be it would be a lot to set up. And then also, if we were the kind of podcast where you can see us, where we had like a visual element, it would be really easy to do a bonus episode over a video game. I question how much people would like it if we were just describing the game. Well, I bet there's a way we could do a screen record. So, so if we were talking about it like while we were playing it, yeah, um, that 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 could be fun. But I don't have a game system or the game or something to screen record on like a PS5 or whatever it is. So it's an old game. I think it's a PS2. There, oh, so a- is it? I just assumed he was talking about like the most recent Spider-Man game that just came out. No, there was a video game that was actually made about this series. Really? Oh, that and would be fun to do. Bendis like helped write it, and it's kind of in Bagley's art style. It seems like a cool game. Um, I've never played well, it, but I've that, watched gameplay well, of it. Well, something like that, I bet we could find a way to download it for like a, and play it on the computer. And, Maybe. And, and then it might be easier to screen record. Hmm. I'm a, I'll you look know, into this. That'd be fun I think, to do. I think maybe he's uh he's convinced us, but we're just gonna have to figure <laughs> out the logistics of it. Um but but we do want to I do want to do a, a movie tier list. Okay. You know, we can a do quick that. little bonus episode sometime. Go through the movies. Um so thank thank you. Thank uh thank everyone. Thank you everyone for the nice comments that you guys leave. Okay, are we ready, Zach? Yep. Okay. And also thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you all for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. You can find us the first read to Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else that you find podcasts. And you can come and chat with us and leave us a comment on Instagram at first read podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next. Ooh, see you in like five minutes. Mm -hmm.